All right. Well, uh, today is going to be a little bit different. Well, it's going to be a lot, kind of a lot different. You know, the cool thing about being uh, the guy who fills in is that you can do monkey business, right? So, like, I remember several months ago, I filled in. Over here, we had a platform. We, we were blowing up watermelons. Uh, a couple of uh, times ago when I preached, I dressed up like Mr. Rogers, and we had a video, and that was just fun. So, uh, when the cat's away, the mice shall play, right? So, today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be doing uh, some more interactive Stuff And so fair warning for those of you who are no watermelons for those of you who are sitting in the front row. Um, but uh, we're in the midst of this series that we're calling consumed. Right. And we're talking about being in the presence of God much more than we're used to. And we're challenging each other. And Jeff's been doing a fantastic job of challenging us to understand what it means to be consumed with God, what it means to actually be in his presence way more than we are used to doing. Okay, and actually last week, uh, if you were here, he really laid it on the line. He kind of was one of those sermons where he said, duck your toes behind because I don't I'm going to step on some toes here. And he outlined uh, several ways in which our choices the things that we choose, our behaviors are really what causes us to be outside of God's presence. And it's really our choices. It's not something that just happens to us. A lot of those are the, 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 the choices that we make that cause us to be outside of his presence. Okay, so we're talking about consumed. And this time I talked, I said we're going to be interactive. Uh, this Sunday, when I ask a question, it's not a rhetorical question. It's like I actually want you to answer. All right. So we're talking about what's, what's it mean to be consumed? What's it mean to be consumed with something? And you have to speak loudly so people can hear. Overwhelmed. Okay. That could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? What, what, what's the definition of being consumed with something? Obsessed. It's another synonym. How about some things? What are some things that we are consumed with? And not necessarily bad things. They could be good things, neutral things. What? Our phones, definitely. Yeah. What else? Work. Family. Food. Yeah, we could sit here and talk about Bengals, Reds, Dancing with the Stars. Whatever we are consumed, I, I I'm in a season. She, Jen talked about seasons in our life. I'm in a season in my life where I'm consumed with CrossFit. We have a CrossFit business tree on our campus. We now have a new one in Lebanon, and I'm heavily involved in that. You know, being consumed with something is not necessarily a bad thing, right? If it's not sacred, it's what? Well, it's not sinful. It's sacred. <laughs> you got it right. I I didn't do that on purpose. But anyway, uh, so if if it's not sinful, it can be it's a, it's a sacred thing. So being consumed with something is not necessarily a bad thing. God gives us interests in our lives. And if those are healthy interests, we can be consumed with that to the level of wanting to talk about it a lot. I wake up in the morning. I think about it. I go to bed at night. I think about it. I want to get other people involved. I'm interested in enough to be for that to impact my life, basically. All right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. OK, that's what it means to be consumed. All right. So the question is, why are we not more often consumed with God? All right. Jeff talked a little bit about that last week. Some of the, our behaviors and our choices 
cause us to not be consumed with God. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's just laziness. But even if we strip away those things that Jeff talked about, why is it so difficult for us to be consumed with God? Okay, keep that in your little head. That's kind of part A. Now we're talking about God's presence. What does it mean to be present with someone? Right there with them. Okay. Listening. Anybody. What? Focused. In our hearts. How, how many of you married couples have had this conversation? You're sitting in the living room. The wife is on the couch, uh, maybe doing a craft or the new hot thing of coloring adult coloring books. That's, that's Kim. She spends a lot of time doing that. The husband's over there on the easy chair watching a ball game. And the wife says, why? I just want you to be with me more. And he's like, duh, I'm right here. And she's like, well, no, 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 that's not what I mean. You're watching the ball game. He's like, I'm right here. How many of you had that conversation? All right. What she's, she's talking about something completely different than what he's talking about. She's talking about focused interaction, all that, you know, being, being with me, not being with me over there. He's talking about zip code, right? I'm nearby somewhere. God wants us to be in his presence, all right? So uh, he wants us to be a little bit more like what she's describing. There's a focused interaction with me. I'm in his presence. Well, I'm going to talk about two words today uh, that come right in the middle of a pretty cool chunk of scripture. Uh, you may have remembered um, maybe last time or two times ago that I preached. I, talk, I talked about two words. So that. And I mentioned the fact that every once in a while when you're reading through the Bible, you see uh, a word or a phrase and that's meant to be kind of a God's way to be like a perker upper for you. So that every time you read the word so that you need to pay attention to what comes next, because God's saying, hey, do this so that this will happen. Well, we're going to talk about two more words today that should be kind of perker uppers for you. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to Psalm 139. It'll be up on the screen. But uh, we're going to read through this whole psalm. This is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. And uh, right in the middle of it are two really important words that we're going to talk about. I'm just going to read the whole thing. You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know me when I sit down, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in and behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, that's a hint, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained, ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you or who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? Abhor those who, are, who rebel against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I can count them as my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. So right in the middle of that psalm were those two really important words. Did you catch those? Even there. I think those are really fascinating words in the middle of that psalm. Because that psalmist is saying, hey, if I settle on the far side of the lake or if I'm right here, even there, you're there. Even there. Um, name some name some times where it's comforting that God is there. What are some what are some times or circumstances for you that it's a really comforting thought to know that God is there? Death of a loved one. During stress. But in sickness. When you, get, when you get up in the morning, just the fact that you were able to get up in the morning, right? That's comforting. Uh, who was it? Where was it? Uh, over here. So, yeah, you walked in and I said, hey, good morning. He said, I'm here. Right? Even there. All right. How about some times in which uh, it's not so comforting to know that God is there? Under conviction. Under conviction. probably thinking of something you don't want to tell it right because it's not so comforting that god is there in some of those times when i'm misbehaving when i'm thinking thoughts that i shouldn't when i'm doing things that i shouldn't but the psalmist says if i'm over here if i'm over here god's there if i'm over there if i'm over here if i'm up in the heavens if i'm down in the depths even there god is there and sometimes that's a really comforting thought sometimes that's not so comforting, right? But God is there. So we're talking about being in his presence. God is in our presence whether we want him to be or not. That's not the question. But God's question to us is, child of mine, do you want me in your presence? Is it valuable to you for me to be in your presence? Do you really desire me to be in your presence? Do you really desire for us to be present with one another and cognizant of the fact that we are present with one another? Is that really, really one of your desires? I kind of asked that question a little bit ago. Um, what keeps us from God's presence? Well, a lot of times what keeps us is we just don't really even want it. If we really, really were truthful and we think about those times, well, there's a lot of time in my life during the day where I'm not even really sure I want him to be part of my presence. We have to be honest with that, right? Okay, so a lot of this is semantics and he's in our presence. I'm in his presence. We're in both presence. A lot of that's just semantics. But what we're talking about is a state of awareness and a, to the point that it impacts our lives. We need to be in a state of awareness that is strong enough, frequent enough 
intentional enough that it literally impacts our lives. That's what we're talking about, being in God's presence. I've been reading through that book, Practicing the Presence. Have any of you been reading through that book? Jeff, Jeff's encouraging us to do that. If you've not picked it up, it's only like this big. And if you, don't, if you haven't picked it up, there are some copies out there you can pick up. If you don't have money, just grab one. It's called Practicing Your Presence. And in the early chapters of that, the author, there's actually two authors. In the, in the early part of that, the author is sharing through his uh, journal entries, basically, uh, this time in his life where he was intentionally practicing. He, he, he made it a goal that I want to be in God's presence all of the time, okay, daily, minutely. All of the time. And his journal entries are talking about his success and non-success in doing that. You know, I've heard uh, testimonies like that. I've read a couple of books over the years, similar stories like that. And, and over the years, I've had varying success in um, practicing that. And as it's gone along with my various levels of, of intensity or stick to or whatever. Um, but each time it's really, really powerful. And uh, lately, this time, I've had some really cool success with that. And I would encourage you, read that book, practice it, okay? Because when we uh, energize ourselves with being in God's presence so much more than we're used to, it literally impacts your life. It will transform your life. Now, how many times have you heard a pastor or a person say, hey, do this or that and it'll transform your life or do this or that and it'll change your life? Well, read my lips. Practicing the presence of God in your life will transform your life. It will change your life. And here's what I'm talking about by changing your life. When you are much more frequent, when you are 10 times as often, 20 times as often in God's presence, it will literally change the things that you think about. It will change your thought life. How many times in the course of a day or a week are you kind of ashamed, have a little bit of conviction, have a little bit of guilt or embarrassment about your thought life, what things you're thinking about? Most of us often, right? Well, when you practice the presence of God, when he is much more in your presence and you in his presence and it's intentional, it changes the things that you think about. God doesn't want you to be guilt-ridden and ashamed and convicted all the time. That's not what he wants. He wants you to be fulfilled and have good thoughts, thoughts that are pleasing, thoughts that are not sinful but sacred. It will change your actions. How many times during the course of a week are you ashamed, guilt-ridden, feel bad, convicted about your actions? Well, when God is present much more often during the day, it will change those things. They will become different, your actions and reactions. God doesn't want you to be ashamed and guilt-ridden and convicted. He wants you to be fulfilled and joyful and make good choices. What about the words that we say? Same story. When you intentionally invite God's presence into your day, it changes those things. It's not just all fun and games saying, oh, it'll transform your life. It will. It will transform your life. It will change you. So here's our phrase that pays today. And you can write this down. This is the phrase that pays. What we're after, what our goal is to create a habit of pur purposeful, ongoing, and frequent awareness of God and his impact on us. That's our goal. 
And we're going to practice a little bit of that today. And I'm going to challenge you um, as we leave to practice that, to create a habit, a, a, an habitual action of purposeless, purposefulness, ongoing, frequent, inviting Jesus into your day to impact your words, your thoughts, the things that you think about, your actions. Okay, let's revisit the last couple of verses of Psalm 139. Uh, the last two verses. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into everlasting. Okay, lead me. God wants to lead us and he wants us to want to be led. Okay, we're going to illustrate this more monkey business. I need two volunteers. Or I will volunteer two people. All right, we have one. Need another volunteer? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, she just, I mean, she just looked at me with a gleam in her eyes, okay? And so you're going to blindfold him while I get uh, three more helpers, okay? Three more helpers, Jen, Emily. And Tim, see, he looked at me with a gleam in his eye. All right. Okay, so lead him over here. You're good. This is going to be your starting point over here by the. Okay, Jen, yes. just knowing your personality, you're going to represent. You're going to represent Satan's evil desires here. Okay, That's so all right. so you're going to stand here okay. and look kind menacing. of menacing and okay. evilish. And Tim, you're going to represent something scary. So here's a mask and here's a big dagger. (laughs) Look, he was menacing before the mask. Okay, and uh, Emily, you're going to represent, you know, drunkenness. And uh, come over, come over here. So she's going to represent temptation. All sorts of temptation. So um, I want you need to be quiet because you're going to lead him through this maze. All right. So I want you to serpentine through. They're going to be. But you're going to lead him through with your voice and tell him how to avoid. OK, so ready, set, go. You can follow along with him. It's his first week at Grace Chapel. She's taking this seriously. <laughs> Temptress. <laughs> okay, and you can take your blindfold off because you made it through. And your his reward is an ice cream cone. Because when you allow yourself to be led by God... When you are led by God successfully, the result is good things like ice cream. All right. So good job, guys.
<laughs> so the whole point here, just a fun little thing, is that um, God cannot lead us. He wants to lead us. He wants to be impactful in our lives. He wants us to experience his fullness and his just fulfilled desires for our lives. He's our friend. We sung about that. He's our friend. We are his friend. He wants that. Think about your own kid. You want the very best for that kid. He wants so badly to lead us. And he wants so badly for us to want to be led. And the result of being willing to be led and to listening to instructions, the result is good things, healthy things, fun things, joyful things. Jeff talked a lot about yesterday or last week about this whole attitude that people have about God's being a killjoy, a cosmic killjoy. He's not a cosmic killjoy. He's a cosmic fun creator and fulfillment creator. He wants that. He wants so badly for us to experience him. Okay, so that comes that's intentional. That doesn't just happen by accident. We're going to spend a good part of the rest of our time practice. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time. We're going to practice this and I'm this is going to be a little scary for some, but I have a volunteer. Uh, I volunteered him to um, to help us with that. One of the ways, one of the most powerful ways that you can experience God's presence is just to talk to him. A couple of sermons ago that I, I talked about the fact that the power of our spoken word, the things that come out of our mouth verbally and out loud are so powerful one of the reasons why that is powerful is that Satan cannot read our minds. He, is, he does not share the attributes of God. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, everywhere. Satan is not that way. Satan is a created being. And so Satan cannot read our minds, but he can hear our words. So the things that come out of our mouths are so powerful. And so when you talk to God and invite him in, um, David, come on up while I'm talking. Um, that is powerful. Okay, and so my encouragement, my challenge to you, I'm going to triple dog dare you this week to practice this. Often talking to God. All right. Here's the deal. We don't have to impress God. God knows every word that's going to come out of our mouth before we say it. He knows every thought before we think it. He knows every action before we do it. So is there no reason to try to fake it? Okay, God wants us to talk to him as if we think he's, he's our father and do it often. David is from South Africa, so God even understands funny accents. <laughs> he even understands different languages. Okay, so David's going to model for us. And then you could be thinking, because I'm going to ask for volunteers to come up to do this too. David's just going to talk to God for 30 seconds. Lord, you know the, the challenges that I have in my life and uh, some of them are, uh, I find myself being so busy with things that I want to busy myself with and uh, the desire in my heart is to serve you but I, I'm so often disconnected with what you might want for me because I just charge off and, and do my own thing and I don't rely on you and I find myself growing weary and tired and, and frustrated. And, uh, so you even understand when you say frustrated <laughs> instead of frustrated. Afrikaans. Um, 
die goeie dinge kan doen wat jy vir my my lewe sal wil hee. Amen. So that didn't mean anything, but God understood it, right? Thank you, David. So I'm challenging you to practice this. Get up in the morning. Think, remember, we talk about things that are consuming to you. Our sports, our food, our this or our that. You wake up in the morning thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. You love it so much you try to get other people to think about it. And you do it all day long. You think about it all day long. I want to challenge you. When you get up in the morning... You get up out of bed, I want you to say, before you get out of bed, I want you to say, turn over to the, the uh, other side of the bed or off the, off by the bed post or whatever. Say, good morning, Jesus. Thank you so much for waking me up today. I want to invite you into my day today. Man, I have this huge project that I have to get done today. And I'm on pressure. Got to be done by one o'clock. I, I, I just pray that you're going to help me do that. Okay? During the day, you get into your car. Jesus, thank you so much for providing this car for me. Um, I thank you that you got the radiator fixed last week because, man, I really, really needed that and you provided the money to do that. Okay, you get that? Volunteers. I need a couple of volunteers to come up and talk to Jesus. In your normal, everyday language, no fancy these and thous, he's going to be sitting in that chair. Okay. Tell him about something that's concerning to you. Okay. Well, I will say I was raised by... The- an abusive father, so I have a daddy syndrome to say dad. I know a lot of people, he's my father, but when I pray, it's Lord or Jesus. So I still struggle with that. And he knows that before you even struggled with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the day that you've given me. I'm struggling right now with family, Lord, and I know that you can help me. You're there with me every day. You're in my heart. You're in my life. And I know that there's friends and family church family that can help me with my struggles but you're the one that i really need to go to thank you lord and he heard it and he heard it before you said it a volunteer another volunteer by the way when you get into your car don't close your eyes while you're praying okay you can pray with your eyes open another volunteer come on up yeah come on up You'll get here before she does. You can make your way up. <laughs> you don't have to have that if you don't want it. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you will keep my words grateful and my heart always Cheryl, open to you. Up. Lord, I thank you for my aunt and I thank you for the godly example that she was. And Lord, I ask that you will be with her family as they lay her to rest in your arms. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, God wants to be involved in the everyday things. I thanked him for the radiator in my car. I thank him for the relationship. I want to ask him, I want to invite him into my choices of food today. I want to invite him into the choices of what I watch. Go ahead. Father, we genuinely come to you today. I come to you today. So grateful for what Kevin has shared with us. Because we struggle, I struggle, with drawing near to you sometimes. Everything blocks you out. And yet, I can't live without you. 
I need you in my life. I need you sitting beside me. I need you filling me. Thank you for the times that you have surprised me by your presence in my life. I know that you said if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And this is the cry of my heart, Lord, to draw near to you. I want to be so close to you. I want to know your presence second by second. I don't even have to think about it. I just know your presence within me. And yet, I do need you to draw near to me to make this happen. So I lay it out before you and ask humbly to know you intimately. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Now, uh, can't say it enough. God just wants to be a part of your life every day in the everyday. Uh, if there's a thing that you struggle with, maybe it's a, a Facebook or maybe it's, a, again, a TV show or something that, you know, you're not, you know, I'm not really sure he's in this for me or whatever. Just go, go to that computer, open up Facebook, look at it and say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my obsession maybe with this thing. I'm inviting you to be a part of my life as I make these choices. As you go into your workplace, as you're walking down the sidewalk and you're about ready to go in, Jesus, man, this is going to be a long day. I just invite you into this day. And I just invite you into the words that I say, my reactions, my actions. I just pray that you'll lead somebody to me that might need some word of encouragement. Talk out loud, too. It's so important. You may look goofy. Who cares, right? But talk out loud. God hears that. Satan hears that. It's it's an awesome tool to keep him away. This will literally, literally change your life, transform your life. Well, we're going to move into a time of communion. And uh, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And... This, too, is going to be a little bit different. Um, all right. For I received from the Lord what I also passed to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup, the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So I'm going to pray. The, uh, the bread and the juice are back there on those tables. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to do something a little bit differently, or do, do, do it a little bit differently. Uh, after I pray, there will be some music, and you, know, you, as your spirit leads, you're welcome to go back. You don't have to wait for anything else. But I'm going to ask you this time, instead of coming right back to your seat, I want you to walk into a corner or walk to the perimeter or something. And just for 30 seconds to a minute, talk out loud to Jesus. It can be about you know, the meal that you're supposed to prepare today. It might be something about your car. It might be something about a relationship that you need a little bit of guidance with. But do it out loud. And with 150 people doing the same thing, it's not going to be embarrassing uh, this is challenged by choice, but, so you do not have to. But um, 
let me pray for you. And I'm going to pray specifically for a little bit of courage and gumption in that regard. Right. Uh, Jesus, we come to you. We, we just love the fact that you are our creator, that you created us on purpose, for a purpose and in your image, in love and in joy that you put us together. And you want so badly for us to be a part of you and you a part of us on a daily basis. We thank you for that. What a privilege. And as we take the, the cup and the, and the bread and remember what you did for us on the cross, um, I'm just praying for the individuals in this room that you'd give a little bit of extra courage today as we challenge one another to speak to you much more often and much more candidly and, and stop with the trying to fool you by saying big words and, and big kind of churchy concepts and just talk candidly to the one who created us, the one that you call friend or we call friend. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, that was really, really cool. I, uh, dozens of you spread out just talking to God. And uh, it was cool to see couples kind of saddled up next to each other, praying to God and just telling them about their day. And very, very cool. So I just, uh, as going forward, just practice, practice it. It's, it has to be intentional. It has to be practiced. Get into a routine of just talking to God. And He's going to change your life for it. Let me pray one more time. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. It's been an awesome morning. Um, I want to thank you for the sacrifice of all of those men and women who have gone before us that make our freedom possible. And, uh, you know, as, as I think about them, as I see movies and news reports and try to put myself in that position, um, it, it's just incredible. The courage, the uh, selflessness, the uh, just the personal audacity that you gave some people to just put themselves on the line for us. And even those that are serving today, we thank you so much. And we take our freedom for granted and please convict us for that. Um, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. A happy Sunday. Go with God. Good morning.